I, I started to say I, I, I had a really hard week this week for some reason. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily me, but I'd go to pray and I just felt this burden, this weight, this I don't know, this undefinable thing on me. And I'm not the only one. I will talk to other people and they feel the same thing. We're undergoing some tremendous changes worldwide. How many know that? And it's time to really, really, really get serious with God. We can do one of two things. We can just keep doing what we're doing. You know, I can keep doing what I'm doing as a pastor, and I love to preach and teach. I can do that. But you know what? Am I going to keep doing that? But at the same time, you know what? God wants us to allow him to introspect us. And let me just say this. I say this so often. If we're not changing day by day, week by week, month by month, year after year, if I'm same-o, same-o, and my life is generally the same, something's wrong with me. Yes or no? You know, when you plant plants and you do agriculture and stuff, or let's just say you're planting, you know, plants. And For instance, we, uh, we redid the building here in 2013. When we bought it, we, we planted some new crops. Uh, not crop. We planted some bushes. Not crop. Bushes. I'll be all right. We planted some bushes and trees and yada, yada, yada. And you know what? We found out the soil was not compatible with the growth of plants. And so we tried to plant certain plants and they were just feeble. It's like they just didn't grow and it didn't, they didn't flourish and we couldn't find out why. So we had a person come out, test the soil. We found out the soil had to, be, uh, had, had to have some ingredients placed in it that would help it be nutritious for the plants. How many know God's doing something like that right now? And let me just say, if, if day after day, week after week, you don't find changes in your personal life, you need to check up on who you are and what you're doing and how you're allowing the Lord to deal with you. My personal private time with God should bring fundamental incremental change to me. If it, if it doesn't, then I'm not doing something right. I might be putting seed in the ground, but if the seed's not germinating, I've got to find out why and do something about it. Yes or no? You know, seeds have to have moisture, and they also have to have, to have some food from the soil. And if the soil's not right, the seed's not going to grow. And that's the way we are right now, y'all. God's asking for different things from us. And are we willing to comply, or is it going to be same-o, same-o? What do you say? What are you saying to the Lord? You know, I'm challenging me. What am I saying to the Lord? Is it just, I come out, I come out of the pen like a bull today, didn't I? Gracious. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Victory Church. <laughs> that came on me all of a sudden. I'm not kidding. Glory. I'm just trying to bring a point across, and the, what I sensed was we are undergoing some dramatic changes. I feel like whatever's coming in our nation I don't feel great about it. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel great about it. But I just know the general populace is not ready because we've been so uh, consumed with self-centered thinking, self-centered living, and as long as as long as our little as long as our little plot's okay, we just let the rest of it go to hell. And friend, we can't do that anymore. It's time for us to be an influencer for God and an influencer for good. Yes or no? So if there's anything in me, I'm, I've been praying this prayer, Lord, if there's anything in me that bespeaks compromise or that would yield to the spirit of this age, Lord, root it out of me. Bring it to the surface and root it out of me. So God's begin, he's dealing with me about all kinds of self-centered things. And see, that's what, that's what he does because he loves us. How many hear me? So I'm just trying to bring across a point that we're, we're, we're coming up on a time of some real fundamental changes. And if you do any reading, those in the no world, why they're seeking, you've heard about the Great Reset. They won't have all this junk done by 2030. Have y'all heard about that? That's not good. You think that's great? That is not good. And, and I read all kinds of things about what's going to happen to the U.S. dollar. At some point, the dollar is going to fail, and it's going to be replaced by another currency. And then, real, really, the reason we're having such challenges in our country, there are those there are some really strong influencers uh, worldwide that really want the United States of America and the freedoms we have enjoyed. They want our freedoms to bite the dust because we're in the way of, of certain things happening. How many hear what I'm saying? Now, I don't want to make this political. I'm just saying that's the environment that we're living in, and that's the angst that we sense. How many hear what I'm saying? 
in the middle of all that, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a bunch of lies. Rare is the time you can find anything in the media or any person in the media that's on, that is honest in telling the truth. Everything's slanted and things are left out. And if we can be okay with that, then we're gonna, then we're gonna be bound one day. Yes or no? If you can be okay with lies being told and we say nothing about them, then we have problems ourselves. I noticed when Jesus came on the scene, you know, the people who were the liars were the religious people. The people that, that, uh, that come against him the worst were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law. Uh, he, called them, he called them whitewashed tombs. He said, you're full of dead men's bones. You're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And they tried to kill him. How many hear me? I'm just saying I feel something going on in the atmosphere of our world and it's demanding something of us. And it's demanding that we live what we say we are. And it's demanding of us that we let our light shine. It's demanding of us that we speak up when we're in social situations. I'm not talking about on your job where you got to do your work. Now, if your job causes you to compromise, at some point you're going to say, you're going to have to say, either you're going to compromise or you're going to make a change. See, see the, whole, the whole thing's pushing everything to a final climax. You're either going to compromise and, and go whatever, or you're going to go up to HR and say, I can't do this. You guys are wanting me to do X, Y, Z. It violates my spiritual life. It violates my relationship with God for me to do that. I can't do that, and I won't do that. They say, well, you can't work here. I say, fine. Then you have to be willing to say, fine, I'll go find another job. Boy, that's really uncomfortable. This is not popular. I can feel the popularness of this right now. So what you going to do? Are y'all just going to keep pushing? You hear what I'm saying? The enemy's pushing. Do you feel it? He's pushing. So what are you going to do when he pushes you? Are you going to back up and say, well, whatever, you know, I've got to live. I've got to, got to feed my family. I want to be all right. You know, this is a day you're not going to be everybody's friend. That doesn't mean you shouldn't love everybody. There's a difference. I can love, you know, uh, <laughs> I should be able to love the worst person, but at the same time not compromise what I think and what I believe uh, ju just to be able to have a conversation with them. Now, when you do that, people that don't know the Lord, who they are inside rises up, and they become vindictive, and they become angry, and they begin to assert themselves, and then they do all kinds of name-calling, character assassination, and this kind of thing. And that's what's going on in our world right now. Why is that happening? It's happening because Jesus is coming back. And before Jesus comes back, the Antichrist wants to reveal himself strongly. And I'm telling you, he wants our nation to bite the dust. How many hear me? So what do you want to happen? I know, that makes you think. What do you want to happen? You want the glory of God to fall? You want people to get saved? Or do you want just people to like you? You know, that's where I'm challenged as a pastor. Do I, do I just preach, you know, do I just preach an innocuous message? And um, so everybody likes me? Or do I speak truth? Truth cuts. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive and full of power. It, 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 it divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's talking about going into the deepest recesses of a person's heart. That's what the Word does. If I'm reading the Word right, as I read it, it's cutting me. It's messing with my flesh. It's messing with my mind. It's messing with my motives. It's talking to me about my pride. Yes or no? That's what the Word does. And you know what? If I, if I do my job as a pastor, as a minister, and as a man of God, I'm not going to make you comfortable. So some people won't like some of the things I have to say. That's okay. The devil doesn't like it either. And if you're on his side, you may not like it. And, and if you want to be a friend to our culture, you probably won't like a lot of the things I say. You know what? You won't like a lot of the things the Bible says. Yes or no? 
I just feel like there's coming, and here we are, there's coming a great divide. And it's choosing. It's just like in, just like in Elijah's day. Choose. In fact, uh, God said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 30, Choose you this day whom you'll serve. Life or death, blessing or cursing. And then God said through Moses, choose life that you and your seed may live. And so here we are in America. We got choices to make. Are, are we going to honor God? Are we going to do His will? Are we going to promote the kingdom of God? Or are we going to acquiesce to those who want to sanitize the world from all that is good, sanitize the world from godliness, righteousness, from the Bible, from the Lord Jesus, from the Holy Spirit? What are we going to do? I read an, uh, uh, y'all okay? Everybody's just looking. Uh, it was, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to read what I read this week. It was quite disturbing. Came across an article on a website. And then they were talking about a certain thing. I mentioned it last Sunday, but I'm not going to talk about it today. But oh, I will talk about the article. When I came across the article, it was quite disturbing. Uh, and it was new age. It was demonic. And the article basically said one of our goals, and it has to do with the Great Reset. It has to do with all the things you're talking about. See, it has to do with what's happening in America and other nations of the world right now. Everybody is challenged. Have you noticed? There's uprising everywhere. And then the news tries to mask it, but there is uprising all over the place. Did you know there are presidents and prime ministers resigning? Right now, did you know that? Is that on the news? Huh? I quit watching the news because if you lie to me once, I can't listen to you again. That's the way it is. But anyway, the article went on to say that, um, you know, one of the goals of the, of the 2030 project, which is the Great Reset, is to sanitize the world from religion. It says, And you know what it said? It said religion is a problem. Because it brings standards that you don't need. And it brings a conscience that you don't need. And it keeps you from doing what you really want to do and being who you really want to be and going where you really want to go. You don't need those standards. Y'all, I'm telling you, it went on. And then it went on to say you don't need Jesus. You don't need the Bible. The Bible is a divisive book. It said all kinds of things, y'all. I'm thinking, man, this was written by Satan himself, I think. Huh? You know, when the Bible was penned by all the 40 people over 1,600 years, it says they, they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now we got people moved by demon power. And they say in what they want to do to the human race. You know, there's a goal to depopulate the world from 8 billion down to 500 million. Did you know that? Gosh, some of these things I don't want to say. Do you know a lot of the things that happened the last two years are all about depopulating the earth? Have you noticed how many people are dying recently? Yes or no? Do you see it all the time in the news? Um, Hollywood, Hollywood folk, actors, all kinds of athletes. Have you seen it? Public figures, people that you know. Now, don't get freaked out and spooky on me here. But did you know the vaccines were, were created? to hinder the human body and to slowly cause people to die. Now, if you took the vaccine, don't get full of fear on me. Believe God. Do you hear me? I'm telling you, we're living in a different time and nobody's willing to talk about any of this stuff. And I have got to say something. Because friends, Jesus is coming back. We are not ready. And I'm telling you, we're about, to, we're about to lose the nation that we've known. And you say, well, maybe we need to lose it. Well, I know we're, we're, as believers, we're not up all about America. If you put America first, you're not putting Jesus first. I know that's not popular. We put Jesus first as we are Americans. And then we let the chips fall where they may. Yes or no? I believe in the flag. I believe in freedom. I believe in the Bill of Rights. I believe in our Constitution. But I believe the Bible more. Yes or no? 
And really, the truth is, our Constitution, Bill of Rights, and all that we have here in America these 200-something years, it was created so we could be a religiously free people. And so we could worship and serve our God. And, and you know, for a long time we did that with ease, and now it's not as easy as it was, and now they're wanting to sanitize, they're wanting to sanitize our nation from all of the spiritual influences. Did you hear me? So we've just got choices to make. We've got to choose if we're willing, if we want to just have everybody like us, or if we're willing to lovingly, and I, I, want, to, I want to emphasize that, lovingly and kindly stake our, take our stand for what is right. And when people are having conversations about things, we speak up and say, well, you know, I appreciate your viewpoint and, and I appreciate what you're saying, that you say and you feel strongly about what you believe, but I don't happen to believe that. Let me share with you what I think and what I believe the Bible says, X, Y, Z. How many hear me? I think uh, for me it drew a line when they're tr really trying to polarize our children and they're trying to get our children to, uh, you know, figure out which pronoun they want to use in front of their name. And which sex they want to be. There's just a problem with that. Do you have a problem with that? Our school systems have already gone to hell. And they want our children to go to hell with them. If, if you can put your children, I'm just saying, I'm just kind of scattershotting here. If you can put your children in school and you never quiz them about what they're learning and you never challenge what the teachers are saying or the curriculum is talking about. Well, let me go further. Or you got children in college or you're here and you're in college yourself. If you're, co if you're college professors and the people in your classes are talking about things and acting in ways that you know are wrong and you do nothing about it, you will become that. So how you doing? You're either going to keep your faith or you will lose your faith when you go to college. You will lose your faith when you go to college unless you stand up for what you believe. And then, and then the professors won't like what you have to say if you stand up and say, look, I hear what you're saying and I understand. Maybe I don't understand why you're saying what you're saying, but I don't believe that. And when you do that, you become a marked person and then you got to really struggle to make the grade. Yes or no? I'm just trying to say the whole system's set up to take the world a certain direction. And if we are real believers, we got to start standing up. And we need a crowbar. You know what a crowbar is? For a backbone. Not a piece of spaghetti. It really is time, y'all. You know, some of this is, is time. But y'all notice when churches have prayer meetings, few attend. Now, you know that, my, I understand, honeydew time, we got things to do, limp time's limited, you travel, yeah, I get all that. But if you never attend, why? Why? What's more important? Can I get real? If we believe what we say we believe, and there's power in prayer, and there is the power of God, why aren't we doing something with it? If there ever was a time that the world needs us, it's right now. Right now. It's not a time to hide our head. It's not a time to be silent. It's time to, and I'm not saying speak up and lose your job. That's not the goal. The goal is not to compromise your life. If you can do what you do without compromising, great. But if, if what you're doing, I'm talking about on the job or, you know, in, in, with your family, if it's causing you to compromise what you believe, friends, you need to change what you're doing. How many hear me? I mean, put yourself, put, put yourself in Israel here. Here's Elijah. He comes on the scene. He's kind of rough and gruff. I mean, that dude's been out there eating bugs and stuff. He's a nasty boy. He's got long hair. He's skanky. He doesn't look like a prophet. He doesn't act like a prophet. He didn't know how, don't, doesn't have all the long robes on. It's not clean and shiny. No, he come out the wilderness. And he called it what it was. The difference between him and the religious people of his day is that he believed what God said. And it defined his life. I mean, God's messing with me. Do I really believe what I say? Am I willing to stand when opposition comes? And opposition's coming. So the angst we feel in America today, y'all, I mean, there's demon spirits galore. 
that want to win and want to win bad, and they got a lot of people working for them. At the same time, there's people that are rising up that are no compromise people. How many hear me? So which gang are you going to be in? You're going to be in the no compromise gang? This is messy, isn't it? So, I mean, I've had to come to some reality, and I've talked about some of this before. Can I just talk to y'all? It, it, usually, y'all, I preach a nice little message and I teach. But today, I feel like I need to go. I don't know if I'll do the second service or not. But, um, you know, um, we are living in a day that if, and let me say, I've said this before, my normalcy bias is really strong. And let me say what normalcy bias is for those that haven't heard that before. Second Peter 3, you know, where is the, where is the promise of his coming? First, since the fathers died, all things continue as they were, unabated, unending. And, 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 and so the idea is because life has been going a certain direction for so long, it's going to keep going that direction. That's called normalcy bias. I have extremely strong normalcy bias. I can, I've, told, I've said this, and yeah, I, didn't, I don't know how people took it, but I've said this to people in my circle. I've said I have the ability to do the same thing for a very, very long period of time. And that's the reason I could run a business. I, I can manage our church. Well, I mean, I, I'm the visionary. I let somebody else oversee the day-to-day. Mira, thank you. But, you know, I, I do this. I, I know I, I do. I'm, I have the ability to do, do the same thing repetitiously over and over and over and over again. If you do that in certain fears of life, it'll get you places. But see, where that's hindering me now is God's saying change. And it's hard for me to change. You hear what I'm saying? And, and, you know, in my back of my head, well, things are going to straighten out and be normal again. They're not going back to normal. Uh, my secretary has a T-shirt she wore the other day, and we mentioned it a f- few months ago. Uh, normal's not coming back. Jesus is. That's it right there. I don't know who came up with that, but that's good. So if you think normal's coming back, if you think 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15, you know, at home we got a little TV in the living room, and I've got this little Chromecast thing on, and I turn it on. Sometimes just turn it on, and it just shows pictures from, you know, from now backwards, you know, 10, 12 years, uh, and we all look different and all that. But, uh, but I just like to look over and look at it. But see, all that, all that is what was, and now we're living now, and, it's, and that's not coming back. So what you enjoyed pre-COVID ain't coming back. Because there's a worldwide agenda spawned by the Antichrist spirit to change things and to make it really hard to be a Christian and, and to make it really hard to have standards and to make it really hard to raise your children the right way with good values and standards because everything around them is going to be opposite of that. Don't forget, uh, the world loves God They just don't like Jesus. The world loves God. They just don't like holiness. That article I mentioned earlier I read, oh man, you wouldn't believe it talked about God a lot, I thought. Here's what I thought. I was reading that article, I was thinking, you know if an average believer that didn't know the Bible real well were to read that, that that would tend to sway them and make them think. But I've been walking with Jesus for 46 years this year, and I'm thinking... This is really bad. It had all, it talked about love, walking in the light, loving people, et cetera, et cetera. It just sanitized itself of Jesus and holiness. And that's where our world is going. So how about you? How do I end this, Lord? Did y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? Am I making you mad? If I am, it's just your flesh. I mean, really, really, really. But I would want to stir you up to love and good works like the Apostle Paul said. And I just want to encourage all of us. Y'all, you know, every one of us in this room, look at all the people here. You've got a circle of people that you influence that maybe nobody else in the room can influence. Yes or no? So, so maybe God holds you responsible for your circle. Not my circle, your circle. Your circle of influence. 
So what are they thinking about life as they spend time with you? Are you compromising yourself away? Are you compromising your influence? That's what I have to ask myself. Am I compromising my influence away? Or is my influence strong enough that it makes people think and it challenges them? And our culture today doesn't like to be challenged. Have you noticed that? And if you challenge them the wrong way, they cut you off real quickly. I'm not going to be your Facebook friend anymore. I'm going to cut you off Instagram. I'm not even coming to your parties anymore. Shut up. And they may let their dog poop in your yard. So we're living in a time, really, it's, it's, all this is rising. What's rising is, is, what's rising is the presence of God, the parousia, the appearance of Jesus. It's rising. Does that make sense? It's really rising. And as it rises, it brings the presence of God. And for the believer, the presence of God purifies a believer. Right? Like heat purifies gold. You're gold in God's eyes. You're silver in God's eyes. You're a precious thing in His eyes. And so all that's happening now is the, the angst you sense and feel. It's God saying, come up another, another level. Come up another step spiritually. Stop compromising your life away. Be willing to stand up for me when it's not popular and people won't like what you have to say. In fact, Jesus said, woe be to you when all men speak well of you. Yes or no? Now again, you don't, you know, you don't need to have a, have a personality that's just, just you know, lo looking for disagreement. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're living right, not everybody's going to like or agree with you. And you've got to be willing to be okay with that. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they kept my sayings, they'll keep you. They'll, they'll follow you. They'll, walk, they'll follow, follow me with you, right? If they kept my sayings, they'll keep yours also, right? First Timothy, Paul told Timothy, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if, you're, if, if, so if I'm living a life and nobody's asking me questions, I'm not living it right. Right? Yeah. Is this challenging yet? Now, now if you don't say things, you got one podcast I listen to and the guy watches what he says constantly because he says, because he wants to stay on, on, uh, on Facebook and YouTube, really. And he says, you know, if you do it wrong on YouTube, they'll give you a strike, three strikes or whatever, you're out, you know. But he's constantly having to reword things or actually he'll put words on the screen that he doesn't say look at that word <coughs> because if he says the word the algorithm monsters will shut him down are we living in a crazy world let me ask you a question 10 years ago would you put up with uh would you put up with uh with people hindering your speech your freedom of speech you put up with it now why Huh? Why? Well, Facebook won't let me say that. Well, YouTube won't let me say that. Well, dang, get off of YouTube. Get off of Facebook. Go to something else. Well, then I don't have the influence. Well, no, then, then your influence really is... It's going down. Right? I feel like I'm just wandering around. The teacher part of me really doesn't like to do this. But I feel the impress of the Holy Spirit to challenge all of us. Y'all, it's time to make some... Real changes and seek the Lord. How many hear me? So let's cut to the chase. Here's what you can do. And this is my encouragement. Second, uh, now this is all shooting kind of from the hip. <laughs> but uh, Second Corinthians chapter um, uh, 13. Uh, I think it's verse, let's see what this does. Let me get to the right verse. Here we are, 13 verse 5. Oh yeah, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Is that a good verse? Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you're disqualified? You know, I read these things. First century, they were deeply challenged by the Roman authorities and also deeply challenged 
Uh, Christians were deeply challenged by the religious authorities of their day because they were cutting uh, cutting across the grain and and they weren't doing life the way everybody else was doing it. And they were, uh, I mean, they, they were really, really, really different. It cost them a lot. All of the disciples except one, and that was um, John, were, um, were martyred. That's, you know, it's not a great thought when you're reading their writings and think, you know, they got their head cut off one day. <laughs> or they died a terrible death. But you know what? Why, why did that happen? Because they refused to compromise. And we're living in the time that persecution's rising. At the same time, the Spirit of God is rising. And he's wanting to use us in a great way. So this verse, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. This is a good verse for today. So my encouragement, several times a week, get off by yourself. Say, God, what are you saying to me? How am I doing? How am I doing with the challenges around me? Am I compromising what I believe to save face? Am I compromising how I live for money? Did you know... Did you know money rules everything? New Ecclesiastes 8, 11, I think it says money answers, I think I'm wrong with the verse. Money answers all things. You'll have to correct the verse. I think I'm wrong. Money answers all things. Right now, people do everything they do for money. Political leaders, they lie, they cheat for money. They don't stand up to their oath of office for money. Do you know that? And did you know a lot of believers, they won't speak up because of money. It's all tied to money. I mean, let's get real. In my head, it comes, well, Mitch, if you do this wrong, ain't nobody going to come to hear you. What you're going to do? And my answer is, I'm going to obey God. And let the chips fall where they may. So, so test yourself. Are you willing to be free from the, the need for money? We got to pay our bills. I know you got a mortgage. You got a house payment. You got a car payment. You got to put food on the table. You got to buy, buy stuff for your kids. I get all that. But can God provide for me in an honest way where I don't compromise my conscience? Huh? If we keep compromising our conscience, we're going to lose what we have. So the very things we're doing that we think keep what we have eventually cause us to lose what we have. Yes or no? I'm just kind of freewheeling. Y'all all right? And then I want, so, so, so pastor, everything you said, okay, cool. Then give me some answers. Well, here are the answers. Here are the answers right here. And this one's found in Psalm 90. I have to, I'm, I'm going to my online Bible here, verse 8. And then it is the Amplified Classic Edition. And it says, Our iniquities, our secret heart, and its sins. Now, what does it mean, our iniquities? An iniquity is a bend. It's something that you do. You do repetitiously. You've done it a long time. It's kind of like, you know, I planted two trees. I had somebody plant two trees in my backyard 10 years ago, and and one of them... One of them had a bend to go a certain direction, and I had to, because the, the, the evening sun uh, was uh, uh, to the west, and, and so it bent west, and I had to put a stake, a metal stake be- beside it, and then I had to get a piece of wire and pull that tree and stake it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because it had a bend. That's iniquity. Iniquity is a bend in a certain direction. Maybe you like attention. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's manipulation and control. Maybe it's something of the flesh that just tends to waylay you. Maybe it's uh, you just got to be popular with everybody and everybody's just got to like you for you to have a good day. See, that may be an iniquity for you. So he says our iniquities. See, our bends. Our secret heart and its sins. Our secret heart. Hmm. That's things that other people don't know about you, but God knows about you and you know about you. And you dare not reveal it to somebody else because they won't think highly of you anymore. That's a secret. Right? So our iniquity is our secret heart and its sins, which we would so like to conceal even from ourselves. Well, I'm really not all that bad. Or you hear a mama say, but he's a really good boy when he was a rascal at school. Well, he's a really good boy. 
We still have that thought about, well, I'm still, I'm not all that bad. Yeah, I mean, when you compare yourself with the devil, or if you compare yourself, if you compare yourself with the average person in our culture, well, I'm not so bad. I'm not doing what they do. Well, that's not your comparison. Jesus is your comparison, right? Which we would so like to conceal even from ourselves, you have set in the revealing light of your countenance, the revealing light. When you really get into the presence of God, it creates searching, deep heart searching. Sometimes it just makes you uncomfortable. Well, pastor, God brings peace. Yes, he does. At the same time, he brings reality. And when you get real with yourself, the end result is peace that passes the ability to humanly communicate it. All understanding, right? Yeah. So, our iniquities, our secret heart, and its sins, which we would so like to conceal even from ourselves, you have set in the revealing light of your countenance. And I just heard him say, cut it off. Good. After I read this. (laughs) I do think I need to. I've read this so many times, but here it is again. Psalm 139, 23. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I came across this verse, Psalm 139, 23, and 24, back in the 80s. I was in my early 20s. I graduated from Bible school number two. I've been to three and, and I, I, I hit an uncomfortable spot in life. I didn't know what it was. I came across this verse. And I started praying this verse regularly. When I first started praying it, nothing really happened. And, and I took that as saying, well, God must really be proud of me. I must be doing better than I thought I was. That's pretty good. And then not long after I started praying this verse, I don't know, I just got really uh, ill at ease inside. I was trying to smile at everybody and smile at Susan. I, we didn't have children at the time. I was smiling at everybody and you know, he's trying to, you know, be a nice friend and be good at work. I was working at a church. And, but inside me, something's grating me. And what you'll find out when you, when you get into the presence of God, oh, he'll love you. And he'll say, I care about you. But then he'll say, Can, you know, my daddy, my daddy, he would be like my daddy. My dad died 10 years ago when I was a little boy. I'd be in the yard doing something, you know, and, and, and I'd hear, Mitchell, my name is Mitch, but daddy didn't like something, he called me Mitchell, and he emphasized the last part of the name, Mitchell. I said, oh boy, what did I do this time? And then he'd say, Mitch, we got to talk. And then he'd say this, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, this can't be good, this can't end well, you know. Now God's not angry and mean, but you know what, he'll say, can we talk? And he'll want to talk to you about your selfishness, your self-centeredness, about putting yourself before your spouse, about having to have your way or, or, or you make it unpleasant at work. You're slamming your doors. You're slamming your cabinets at home. Your silent treatment of people when they don't act the way you want them to act. Or fleshly things, anger, right? Yes or no? Or if you've got things that you allow yourself to do and you know the Bible says it's sin, but you do it anyway, and you think, well, God's love will just care for me and cleanse me. Now, he's coming after that now. He wants you. Listen, y'all. Jesus wants all of me, not just part of me. Smith Wigglesworth said it best, all of, all of me, none of God. Some of me, some of God. None of me, all of God. So what's it going to be? If I absorb myself in me and what I like, God says, I'll just have to hold you at a distance. But the more I acquiesce to him and yield to him and change, I just have to say, Lord, help me. You know what? He'll help you. So I'm going to stop. And um, you need to have, you got some music, I hope. You full of music? Y'all love this guy? So here's what I think we ought to do. Did any of this make any sense? We're really living in a really strange time, and it's, I just don't see it letting up. And 
We either, we either, we either straighten, we, we either go God's way or, or we compromise. And so why don't we do this? I want you to come up front, make this an altar, and let's just sing and worship a bit. And, and I say come up front because sometimes you need to define things. If you just stay at your seat, well, I'm just going to stay right here. No, no come, come, come and get before God. Let's crowd it up here a little bit, and uh, let's ask God to do something in us. And ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Ask Him what you need to change at work, at home, in your demeanor, in your behavior, in your conversation, in your speech, in how you live and what you do. Ask him, ask him, ask him, say, Lord, show me the ways that I'm compromising myself and not letting the light of Jesus shine in me. Let's, let's start doing that. And see, this is not just the end. This is the beginning. This is like a commencement. Does that make sense? So just fill the aisles and stand right there. I'm good. We're good. Call y'all cut the lights down. We, we, for this one, I think it's okay to cut the lights down. So how about just lift your hands with me? Lord, this is so weird for me. I don't, I just, you know, I've told you this. I don't like to do this kind of stuff. But I I feel the impress of your presence. And I don't know what the future holds. And Lord, I, I deeply love these people right here on the edge right here. And you love every person in this room. And Lord, I ask you to draw us and speak to us. Change is hard for us. Help us to make the changes we need to make. Lord, thank you. I ask you to, I ask you to draw yourself to us and draw us to you. And Lord, we pray right now before we sing a little bit what, what David prayed. Search us, O oh God, and know our heart. Try us and know our thoughts. Lord, draw us to yourself. Lord, draw us sovereignly. Talk to us about our conversations. Talk to us about our relationships. Talk to us about our compromising friends. Somebody's in college here. You've got compromising friends. And they're, they're doing things that you know is wrong and you've said nothing about it. And God is challenging you to speak up and say, I can't do that. I'm sorry. And they may not be your friend anymore because friends have things they, about each other they like and they don't like that about you. It may cost you a friendship. Are you willing to let it go? And God give you some friends that are wholesome and right and pure. Oh, Father God, we come right now. Come on, ask him. Talk to him in your own way. Lord, we just humble ourselves to you. Speak to us, oh God. Lord, speak to every man in this room, every woman in this room, every married couple in this, in this room, Lord. Speak to us about our thoughts. Speak to us about our motivations. Speak to us about our words. Speak to us about our friendships. Speak to us about what in our culture we're allowing in life and draw us away from the distractions and draw us into you, Lord. And Lord, I ask you, make us uncomfortable with ourselves. With anything that's not from you, let anything in our lives, tell the Lord you agree, if you can agree with this, anything in my life, Lord, that you are uncomfortable with, cause me to become uncomfortable. Can you pray that? Pray it. Pray it. Yes, Lord. I hear you. Draw us, Lord. Oh, Lord, you serve. I know. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, you, 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 I feel this. You know, you, you come to a place and you walk with God. You know, you can plateau. And when you plateau, you don't change. Growth is change. If I stop changing, I have stopped growing. That's it. So as we age, we should continue to change. I'm still changing. I want to. You got to be willing to. Um, I just feel this. There's some folk. I mean, you may be watching. I don't know who it is, but you know what? You've not been willing to make changes, and you you, you got to do it because you're satisfied with you. Self satisfaction and smug contentness probably hinders more people from God's best than anything else. They're just satisfied where they are, and they don't want to go, go any further. Jesus said those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. But if I'm happy and satisfied, I don't want to change. I just don't keep living life. So, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing to change, right? Yeah. It's an uncomfortable thing to hear things like this. But it's the truth. It's just the way life is. Life is an ever, a never-ending change. Constant. Constant. You know, my challenge is my friends are old now. I don't like to think I'm old, but I, I was talking to my kids. My kids are middle-aged now. I said, you know, y'all middle-aged? Y'all ain't young. Y'all middle-aged. That means I'm old. But a lot of people my age, they just kind of settle down in the, in the chair and just kind of drinking some tea and just enjoying life. I said, well, I ain't got to do anything now. Well, you just lost life. Just lost life. Y'all, it's time to fire up. You know, uh, I'll preach this sometime, but, uh, you know, one day all of us are going to stand individually before Jesus and his loving, blazing eyes will look clear through us. And he'll look at all that we've done and why we do what we do. And we ha- are accumulating wood, hay, and straw, 1 Corinthians 3, and gold, silver, and precious jewels. If I have motives for everybody to hear me, see me, love me, pat me, squeeze me, smile at me, well, that's called wood, hay, and straw. But if I'm willing to walk with Jesus and be kind and sweet to people but tell the truth and not matter how it affects me or what, or what people think, well, that just may accrue gold, silver, and jewels in heaven. They're rewards. So one day you're going to stand before Jesus. Maybe you'll remember when we had this service. Maybe I will. I'll stand before him. And I'll give an account <laughs> to him what I did and what I didn't do. And y'all... You want him to smile at you on that day. Yes or no? So don't live for today, live for tomorrow. Live with eternity in mind. Right? Live with eternity in mind. So Lord, this is a strange service to me. You know, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, or are you just away and you need to come back? He wants you. Or maybe you're stuck. You need to get unstuck in life. How about everybody close your eyes? And let's just, you know, God will forgive you and help you and cleanse you. Everybody pray it for the person around you. You may not need it, but somebody else does. So pray with me, Heavenly Father. I need you and I want you. And I've not been doing it right. And so I humble myself and I ask you to forgive me. And right now, change my mind about how I've been living my life. And I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from every sin, every wrong, every wrong motive, every wrong thought, every wrong word, every wrong action. I've been living wrong. Forgive me, sir. Now I place myself in your hands. I place my will in your hands. Help me to change. Help me to walk with you. Help me to want you more than anything in life. 
Jesus' name. You know, I hear that song inside me. I need you more, more than yesterday. Yeah, so hang on a minute. So, so, so. Y'all get this? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all get this, right? So, so don't leave the service here and think, well, that was a good service. No, 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 take this home and, and go somewhere by yourself. For me, I went yesterday, I went on a long walk and just had a big powwow with the Lord. And then I met a deer <laughs> right there in the morning. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. <laughs> it was right there. You know, he, anyway, God will just do things to let you know, you know, because I, I love animals. And, you know, I was like walking and it's like, well, looky, looky. There's, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't move. He looked at me, I think, wow. And it just let me know the Lord loves me. So, so if, get somewhere and just talk to the Lord wherever you are. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're a young believer or you're not well developed or maybe you're fully developed. Wherever you are, God always wants to take you further. And if we're ever going to obey God, now is the time. You hear me? At some point, the stuff is going to hit the fan. And, and that's the time you want to be walking with God and, and seeking Him, right? Because He'll talk to you and show you what to do. So let's sing this song.